0: Every, um, well, last year I did this, and I'm going to say probably for, the, for a few years to come we're going to continue to do it, is... Uh We really need a stage hand. <laughs> there we go. That wasn't too disruptive, was it? Um, uh, and, but it's also a, a great time for us to remember as a church where, we, where we've come from and what we're about. And uh, particularly as people are coming to faith, uh, they don't necessarily know or hear the stories um, <clears throat> of what God has done in this place before. And we just want to spend a little bit of time doing that. And as I've been reflecting, God's been really putting on my heart uh, the whole uh, concept of of remembering. Remembering what God has done. And if you remember uh, your reading of the Old Testament, quite often uh, God will introduce him, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I am the God who led you, you out of Egypt. I am the God who uh, led you through uh, the sea, I am the God who, and, and, and he's causing them to remember all the great deeds that he has done and in and, and, and <clears throat> Psalm 77, the, uh, the psalmist writes, I will remember the deeds of the Lord, yes I will remember your miracles of long ago, I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Now why is remembering important? Well, I believe it's important because at times we can uh, forget how incredible our God is. And we can think that the situation that we're in now has never happened before. And there's really not too much that happens in our life that hasn't happened before and somehow. And that God has somehow moved in, it in its past. Now, for instance, in Australia at the moment, we're in a time and place that basically Christianity is starting to get pushed to the side, and and people are going to uh, starting to say, you know, science is more important. There's no such thing as God, and and we can look at that and go, oh my God, this is the first time it's happened, and it's not. It, it's happened in the in the 17th century, in the 18th century, in the 19th century, and out of every one of those times, God has raised up people, and uh, and brought people. Uh, to faith in those times and even uh, John Wesley who is the founder of Methodism which is a part of our heritage he he started his preaching on horseback to the industrial miners in one of these periods of time so it's not like what we're going through as a nation as a people as a people of faith has never happened before it's happened all the way through history and we've got to remember And also as a church, that God has spoken words and done deeds in this church before. And we need to remember how good our God has been in the past so we can take confidence into the future. He's done it then, he can do it again. That was so good, you need to say that with me. He's done it then, he can do it again. So I think that um, what we're going to do today, we're going to have three members of our congregation come up and we're going to have a bit of an interview panel with them about um, how uh, God has used them in this church in the past and what God might be saying to them. So I want to invite Karen to come up and Richard and Shane to come up. Uh, you need a microphone. This one for you. You get a microphone. You get a microphone. Right, only Oprah fans got that reference. So I thought we'd start off, I, I gave him a, a list of questions, but, um, <laughs> he, 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 uh, but I thought it'd be great for you to introduce yourself, um, before we get into the questions, introduce yourself a little bit about your faith journey and how long you've been at the church. So who would like to jump in?
1: Thirty-something years, I think. Excuse um, <coughs> me. Um, started here because um, I, I work at Tyndale, and um, a couple of the people that were teachers at Tyndale came here, so um, always good on a recommendation. So that's why we have come here. Um, I've just I've been involved in music and a few other things um, over the years. That's me.
2: So me, um, I'm Richard. Uh, we've been here 35 years. In January, we come here just after we were married. Um, we were very uh, keen to go to the local church, uh, local Uniting Church, as we were going to Salisbury before that. So we come here. There's been different iterations over the years, and uh, we did uh, when we we've moved a little bit away, not too far, but uh, we were going to move at that point, and God quite clearly told Jenny and I separately that uh, no, you just stay there till till something else changes. So. Uh, We've
3: been uh, very privileged to be worshiping here for nearly 35 years. I've
0: just got a bit more to add on to mine. Sure, why not?
3: When Barry said, "Would you sit, would you be on this panel thing?" I thought, "But we're not, we're too young, we're too new, Sorry, we're not not <laughs> we're actually pretty much the same age, the three of us. But um, we're too new here. We can't reflect on the church's history very well because we we haven't even been here 10 years. But then I thought it's, that's a, a wrong attitude to take because it says that only people who've been here forever can really contribute to the history of, of the church. And we, we want to say that people who have just arrived, you can be part of the history of our church. You don't have to have been here forever to, to have made an impact.
0: Hmm. Well, my sparkling face has made an impact in under two two years, so uh, three years, so that's good. Okay, so the first question I've got for you is, what, what ministry in the past grew your faith and the faith of this church most, or the church most?
2: i asked that. I really enjoyed this question. Uh, Barry came to us last week, and when I first read it, um, I thought about uh, what grew my faith, and I thought, well, every part of the ministry has grown my faith. Um, and I read it again and that's that, so the question was what grew it the most which in, in essence means that every exactly that that every uh, ministry you're involved in does grow your faith and that has actually been the case for me so I had to rethink it through and what grew it the most and um, uh, it was really I said it about as we got here this morning it was uh, a real blessing this week to thinking back through the ministries and what has happened in that time but the For self and for for the church come up with the same answer was, um, uh, as leader, Jenny and I led the youth, young adults, uh, small groups, and that was uh, a great blessing to me and and Jenny um, in that sharing with the uh, young adults, Um, and also, as far as uh, blessing the church, that's blessing the leaders of tomorrow, which is now the leaders of today, so that uh, is quite clearly a blessing to the church. And one of the, thinking through one of the great things that uh, we were involved in as a small group, I think I was, uh, as part of church council I was chairing it and we realised that as a um, church we'd, we'd um, slackened off for one of a better term, our corporate prayer time. So our group uh, led a prayer meeting after church um, one morning and we had prayer stations um, and uh, vast majority of the church stayed, and it was a real blessing to, to us individually as a, as a small group, but as a church as well.
0: Great.
3: i this not sure that this is a ministry, but the time after Naomi and Josh left, so um, before Barry Kane, we had a period where Naomi left, our pastor left, and our youth pastor left probably within three weeks of each other. And I had just come on to the eldership at that time. And suddenly I felt like, oh, freak me out. What, what are we doing here? What am I doing here? And, but I think that that year, we had a whole year, or more than a year, without a pastor during that time. And it was a very stretching time. It was a time when we, as an eldership, were going, thinking, how do all these things that the minister used to do, and now how do we do them? We just had no process. We had no, no, just for the notices on a Sunday morning. Well, who decides what the notices are? How do we get the notices? Who who puts them on the thing? All those just kind of things. We just had to work it out from the beginning again. And it was great during that year to see how people stepped up. The whole church, we really moved together as a church, and people stepped up into leadership. Who perhaps hadn't previously and I think it, it was a year where we saw all of our faith grow our finances often when you don't have a pastor people think well we don't have a pastor so we don't need to give as much money our finances remained buoyant during that time as a, as a statement really that uh, we could all see that our church was going forward and that we still needed to, to plan for our future
1: I um, guess what was the question? No. <laughs> uh, no <laughs> um, attention deficit disorder. Um, no, obviously music, because um, that's my gig, um, has, has been a big part of what I do here at church, um, both by drums and also actually play the guitar as, as well and occasionally sing. But um, the, the, probably the, the ministry that grew my um, faith the most was... Um, being involved and leading the very first time we did Alpha here. And we're trying to figure out how long ago it was. It was ages ago. I was going to ask, ask Richard, because Richard's a, postcodes and dates. He's, he's your man. But I think it was about 1997. Because... On yeah. <laughs> what did I say, Alex? Because <laughs> we were... Uh, with the Alpha course, um, you, you go away for the for the final sort of wrap up, and we were up at Tea Tree, um, one, one Tree Hill, one Tree Hill, and um, I was trying in vain to stop Richard from going outside listening to the footy scores. So it was the Crows in the semi-finals or something. So, so that's how I kind of remembered. That's when it was, and it was great because um, when I came to faith quite late, um, and so I haven't been as part in part in the church my whole life. So, um, having people that are completely um, foreign to, to Christianity and being able to answer their, their really in, interesting questions and lead them through was, I just it really grew my faith as well and met some amazing people. I love listening to people's stories and stuff. And so when, when you get a whole lot of people together like that, um, I found it very
0: enriching for my faith as well. Mm. Very good. So, how have uh, you seen God be faithful? To you in the past,
2: um, yeah, love this question. And uh, my first thought straight away was, you know, what an abundant God we serve. And, um, and the next thought coming to my uh, into my mind was um, the song we sing here: um, "God has never failed me yet." And so that's come part of my uh, Jenny and I's prayer life a lot. That uh, you know, God has never failed us yet, and, and it, you know, it is amazing over and over how faithful and abundant God has been. Thinking back through, so I took this one more from a, a leadership ministry uh, perspective again in thinking it through, and the one that I come back to was um, we, again, uh, previously we had a year without a minister, um, and uh, I don't know if it's still called a Settlements Committee, but Settlements Committee to, to um, call on a, a call for a new minister. So the Presbytery uh, rep comes to our church and said, uh, who here has had experience In this role, and we'd had quite a change in our congregation, and we had nobody. I'm looking at Joan Roberts because she was part of that committee as well. And and as it uh, transpired, I ended up chairing that committee Um, and had not a clue what I was doing. And um, we invited the first person to come and speak to us, and we'd been without a minister for a year, and it'd been been tough. It'd been tough. uh, um, So the first person came, and it was quite clear. that that person and our congregation didn't quite gel. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to be, but it was pretty tough because like, there wasn't many names coming forward to us and, and you felt under pressure and people were looking for that to happen. And, and Joan had the unenvious task of actually telling this person that's, you know that we wouldn't be calling them. And that really got to me um, that night. I actually walked, it was quite late and I ended up going for a walk around the block because I was actually really quite uh, felt under pressure and stressed about it. Um, And I've really felt God say to me, the next person you interview will be the minister. And um, I took hold of that, and it took a while for a new name to come forward. And the person came in, we, I don't want to say interview, because it's a discussion, it's more of a discussion than an interview. But um, we had that discussion, and we decided that we would call that person. And um, it took a little while for them to, to pray through it and think about it. And that whole time I was not concerned at all because God had said the next person you would uh, interview would be the minister, and that was Scott Button, who was here for 13 years. So um, that was a real... I was feeling the pressure, but God said, you know, uh, I've got this. And the second part of that same story was that none of us had any experience, so we had not a clue what we were doing. And um, the presbytery rep on that committee said to us that uh, it's the best settlement committee he'd ever been involved in, and the reason for that is because we were completely reliant on God. We had not a clue, so um, uh, the best way to do it is actually come to those leadership positions with not much clue, because then God can do what He's going to do without your uh, your background and uh, getting in the way. So. That's
0: right. Hmm?
2: Thanks.
3: That's right. I think um, our faith grows when we do stuff that we don't know that we can do that we can only do in God's strength when we try and do it in our own strength we're relying on us but when we're doing something that we know we can't do we have to rely on God's strength this was harder for me to think of in a church sense but I know that God has been faithful in our finances he's been faithful in our playgroup ministry he's been faithful in answering our prayers I remember um, Dennis will know how, exactly how long this is but I maybe three years ago when Dennis was very sick and we all prayed for him as a church and our faith really grew through that when we saw that when we could combine our, our faith t- together that we can really um, call on God and he will answer us that was a great time I loved the, the time too when we had the, the Zoe church meeting with us and um, yeah that, that was a time too when we were really feeling our way we hadn't it had a lot of experience with that, with how we can walk t- together with another church from a different culture. But I think God really helped us as we, as we worked together with them.
1: Um, so, also, uh, I guess God's been faithful in bringing people of different cultures and different backgrounds and stuff into the church, which is really good because if you look around... I mean, we're a pretty motley bunch. You have a lot of variety. And the, there was the Zoe Church. There was um, a, a time when there were a whole lot of Taiwanese pilots here because the flying school was nearby. So we made some great friends there. Um, there was a Spanish um, congregation as well that was here. Um, so just that, yes, yeah, so bringing people along here that traditionally may not be super comfortable in a middle-class white, white church... Um, so I mean that's, that's been really exciting um, and also when we first started here there were just heaps of little munchkins um, you know running around everywhere very very vibrant um, our kids had heaps and heaps of friends of their same age and now they're off leading you know big worship seminars and stuff now um, which is great. It's great God has been faithful keeping them to the faith and
0: growing them So, that's great thanks for that um, what has been <coughs> excuse me what has been the consistent theme that you've seen running through the life of the church over the years? What is the consistent theme?
2: Um, I keep saying I enjoy this question. I enjoy this one as well. Um, I'm just trying to suck up the Barry. Just um, no, I did. The, there's many things uh, I thought of with this. Um, mission was one. Was one come to mind? But the one I end up uh, going with uh, is family. And I was really pleased to see uh, Ben's uh, testimony today as well, and he mentioned about family. And so uh, th- throughout the years as people have come and visited, the sense of family has been mentioned a number of times. Um, and for us, you know, this is, this is our family. We feel very privileged uh, uh, to have been here this, uh, in 35 years. Uh, the, the love, the support we've had from the congregation has just been phenomenal. And so, um, and, and our girls all grew up here, as uh, Shane mentioned, um, uh, a lot of uh, our kids grew up here, and uh, again, a sense of family, so uh, I remember one occasion, we, Jenny and I were heading to see a sister in America, and we left our girls behind for the first time, and we got on the plane, and Jenny was crying, I was very brave about it, all, obviously, but um, <laughs> the... Um, we turn to each other, and, and again, the, the support from the church straight away is just phenomenal. And um, you know, uh, yeah, this it's been fantastic, and, and a real privilege to be part of that. So, family is for me.
3: Mine's a similar one of being inclusive. So when we came here, it seemed like everyone was related to everyone else except us. But um, people included us in their in their friendship groups, in their in their group in the church, and it wasn't. Long before we felt like we were part of the, of the group here, which was great. And we'd come from a different kind of environment where um, perhaps excellence was overvalued, over inclusivity. And I've really appreciated how, um, in a ministry sense and in a, in a church sense too, that people are um, included. It doesn't matter if they're not the excellentest the most excellent, she says, the English teacher, but we just want them to be involved and that's the most important thing.
1: If everyone was, was um, related, it would be a different sort of church. Um, I've also said in, in, inclusivity um, is, is one of those recurring themes that have come. So um, just including everyone and the, and the cross-generational um, worship that we have um, is, a, is a blessing as well.
0: That's it. Right. Okay. Um, so what was it that stirred you into action to hold uh, leadership within the church? Um, the, uh,
2: the, f- the first time... I should say, great question again. Yeah, Sorry, thanks. I missed
0: it. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was worried.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, so it is a great question. And in thinking through... So the first time, again, I mentioned earlier that uh, our church... Uh, congregation had a time of change at one point and uh, we did lose a lot of the leadership. Um, so we were looking for people to step up. Uh, and I think my first uh, leadership-type role was chairperson of the family camp. Uh, and that was a great joy. Um, and I did that for two or three years. Uh, and then thinking it through, for a little while there, some of the leadership roles were more out of duty, I think. It felt that way at first. But then it started to be a real joy Uh, and so I've had quite a number of roles. I was treasurer for a few years, uh, chairperson I think for 8 to 10 years and on church council for 15 Um, and I've got to say I loved it, absolutely loved it, it was a joy and when I used to find more so now because times change and and at the moment I'm not uh, in the leadership roles and that's... Fine. Yeah, there's uh, different times for different seasons for different uh, times. Does that make sense? Doesn't really. But anyway, forget about that bit. Um, but when there was a call for type leadership positions or uh, to be part of things, I you know, there was a real excitement uh, for me and uh, a great privilege and a great joy. And I I have absolutely loved every every leadership role I have had, and it's a privilege to serve the congregation, but also uh, God in some small way as well.
3: I've been involved in um, worship and music ministries for a long time. Really, all my life, that's been my focus in the church. And I never really considered that I was deacon material. We were in a Baptist church for a long time, and that we had deacons. But and in fact, someone told me you're not really the you're not really the kind of I don't think that's your gift. So I I didn't really think about that a lot. And then when... um, I've been serving four years now as an elder. So four years ago I was teaching. I teach in theology for people with English as a second language. And I was teaching about leadership, them. I was teaching them about leadership, but not really engaging in that leadership myself, I thought, well, if I'm really going to know about this, I should be doing it. And we had the Zoe people wanting to meet with us at that time. Perhaps they'd just started meeting with us, a a different group perhaps. And I thought, I've got skills in that area. Perhaps this is my time that I should be doing this.
1: Um, I guess I had... um as I've said before, I was unchurched until into my 20s, um, and so I had a, a vision of, of what church leadership was. Um, I mean, I studied music, um, so, you know, looking closely at liturgy, liturgical music, and high church, and all that sort of stuff, so I had a, had a vision of what it was like. Um, when I first came to the church, I was pleasantly surprised um, that it wasn't like that, and I, so I had some great role models, you know, people like Nick Hawkes, who... Um, we just normal normal kind of people, so um, so it, I guess, as far as why I was involved in leadership, um, I guess I was, I was available and and, um, I, and and able to do it and wanted wanted to be part of a uh, leadership I was I kind of led you know, music and, and, and worship as well as being on the council of elders um, and so I, it wasn't re- ever really a tough decision. You know, it was just seemed like a natural natural thing for me to do and, and, and to embrace.
0: I still remember your first yellow guitar that you played in church. Uh, Shane and I came to faith in the same church uh, many, many years ago. And I, d- I think Nick would be very disappointed if you called him ordinary. So, um, last of all, um, what are your hopes... Uh, of what God will do in the church in the future?
2: As a, uh, not an English teacher, this is the bestest question. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, when, when I was thinking of this one, um, I take it back, for those that were, were at the congregational meeting on Tuesday night, uh, Barry had a, um, uh, gave a talk on, on his vision of the church and it reminded me, I, I felt like he was uh, channelling uh, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech and um, but it, it, it was great. I, it, I actually come away enthused, invigorated, excited about the congregation and what Barry had said. And um, so then I started reflecting a little bit um, on, on the future of the church, the uh, future of this congregation, and, and, and also going back to the past and thinking through some of the um, prophecies that have been said over this congregation over, over the years and there's two that uh, come to mind. One that comes to mind straight away for me uh, was that um, that people will come here and even be in the car park and be healed. Um, and, like, you get all excited, those things. And there's a long time... I, I, I can't actually equate it to a, a football grand final to remember what year it was, but it was a long time ago, and you sort of forget those things, which is part of what Barry said about doing, looking at the past, um, but we don't, God doesn't work to the same timeline as we do. Uh, and uh, God is an amazing. God say so, uh, that, that some of those prophecies about people coming are, are, and the excitement around that. And then Jenny reminded, Jenny reminded me afterwards about um, this being a light on the hill where people will see come and come and be excited about coming. And we've prayed over the years for people to come, not just so you can fill the chairs... But people need to know God, need to uh, come here to find out about Jesus. And the only way to do that is to invite people when people come here. So I, I was really, I mean, I've really got me excited about that, what, what can happen here. And, and um, the other thing that came through was uh, we're doing a, a Bible in the Year at the moment by Nicky Gumbel. Um, if you haven't had a chance, uh, I recommend you do it. It's been fabulous. And he, he um as those have just done Alpha, you, you would know he talks a lot, more even than me, which is amazing at times. But he, um, his uh, devotional, sometimes as long as some of the Bible, uh, Bible passages, uh, but they're fantastic. But one that came out this week was about expectancy. Expect uh, to be used by God uh, and expect things to happen. And hope's great, uh, but when you say, "I oh, hope it happens, it's like, you know, it's sort all of like fingers crossed. No, it's not that. It's you're We serve a great God, an abundant God, so expect God to do things. So take on what Barry said. If you haven't seen it or heard what he had to say, I recommend you do that and have that expectancy around that. So I'm very excited about what can happen in this congregation.
3: I really hope and dream that the church can become more multicultural and that I want to learn how to do that better. I want to learn how we can incorporate the the different traditions and um, songs and, and language of other cultures into our services. I hope to see breakthroughs and conversions in the, in the migrant ministries that I run, that people from a Muslim, a, ba- a Buddhist, a Hindu background will know the saving grace of God.
1: Very very similar to me. Um, just, just hoping that... Uh, um, God will continue to bring the unchurched and just a variety of people. Um, and interesting you say look, multicultural and stuff. In, in my uh, other, other job as a, as a teacher, uh, in, we have a, have a home group. And it was about three years ago we had an Islamic boy coming along, which kind of made me think. I wasn't sure how it was all going all to work out. Um, I was used to dealing with atheists and, and all that sort of stuff amongst kids. But an Islamic boy... Um, was quite different. He was. He turned out to be one of the one of the stars, one of the people that liked the most. Um, he was really free, uh, and, and we found out that it really wasn't a big difference between the, the just the, the things that we were um, believed that were the same made up about 99%. Um, and so it was a, it was a great learning thing for me, and I think um, with people from different faiths and stuff in our church learning about um, the saving grace of Jesus um, would be beneficial to us all, I think. so.
0: Well, thank you, guys. Give them a round of applause. <laughs> you, put back, great. you put your chair back, that would be helpful too. Just teachers in the room. <laughs> Richard's wearing black. That's fine. It it, it doesn't go on that one, mate. Uh, God uh, does what God does and God continues to give us signs and uh, experiences about uh, what he's wanting to do in the place and I think as you heard Richard say that, that God has been giving words to this church for a very long time and God will continue to give prophecies to this church about what he wants to do. Even in the middle of a flourishing uh, season, God will still speak into our life and, uh, and it's our job as his people to be listening. What is it that God is saying to us? And today, what is it that God has been saying to you out of the stories that you heard, out of, out of uh, the, the comments that have been made? What has God been saying to you? Has God been saying to you that maybe you need to uh, step more into the life of how you volunteer within the life of the church? Is God uh, speaking to you about being more prayerful about our future and about what he wants to do in us? more prayerful about those who yet know uh, him, that when they uh, enter into this place they'll have an experience of his presence and his love and his grace that will radically change their lives. Is God calling you to be more prayerful in that? Is God asking you or or starting to speak to you about a a ministry that he wants to birth, but maybe in you? Uh, that will benefit the life of this church or the community at large. What is it that God is saying to you? Because I can guarantee you this: God is speaking. It's our job to listen. So let's pray, and as we wind this time up, um, and uh, and ask God to just seal in our hearts those things that He wants to do in us. Loving God, we thank you for our past, for our heritage for the way in which you have called and led and and encouraged people through the decades uh, in this place. We thank you for the people who have given sacrificially in the past, who have sowed in financially and with leadership and with prayer and with dedication and with commitment so that this uh, this community of faith can continue to grow and reach those who are yet to know you. We want to honour them, Lord. We want to thank you for them. And Lord, as we remember, we, we just uh, pray for those that, have, um, that are no longer with us, that have passed from uh, this place in the last 12 months. And thank you for their life and for their witness. And loving God, we, we, we want to lift our eyes now to you, the, the sustainer and the keeper of our faith. And, Lord, say, what you've done in the past, will you do it again? What, what you've done before, uh, when you walk the earth as a man, will you do that here in this place? Heal the sick? Will you cast out evil spirits? Will you set people free? Will you do that again here, Lord, Will you, Lord, um, see people uh, come to faith in you through this place? Will you do that again, Lord, as you have done in the past? Will you bring people, Lord, from every nation and every tongue to be a part of us here? Will you do that again, Lord? And so, Lord, we, we lift up our eyes and say, you are God and it's only through you that these things can happen. And so we want to honour you, we want to praise you, and we want to say, Lord God, come and do it again and help us move into a new future for the glory of your name. In these things we pray. Amen.